Hi, I'm Devin Moore, your host for Humanity Rising's Race to Speak Up podcast and founder of Hashtag Race to Speak Up, an anti-bullying organization. The Race to Speak Up podcast is a place where we have open and engaging conversations about bullying prevention, how to be upstanders, and how we are making a positive change in our communities. So the question now is, how do you race to speak up? Hello, and welcome to the Race to Speak Up podcast. I'm your host, Devin Moore. Joining me today are sisters Victoria and Lauren Coxum. They are the co-founders of Think Before You Type. Think Before You Type is an anti-cyberbullying organization that focuses on promoting positive self-esteem and using the internet for good. Lauren is a resident physician, and Victoria is a third-year medical student. These sisters are incredible, and I'm very happy to talk to them today. I met Lauren and Victoria at the TLC Give a Little Awards in New York. I received my award in 2019, and Lauren and Victoria earned their honors the previous year. I also saw them again at the 2021 TLC Give a Little virtual panel, which was another great event. Welcome, Victoria. Welcome, Lauren. How are you both today? We're fine. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for being here. Now yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you for having us. Now tell us about Think Before You Type. So Think Before You Type is an anti-cyberbullying and positive self-esteem organization that encourages young people to use the internet for good that Lauren and I decided to start uh, back in June of 2012 when we were both actually in high school um, because we had seen people being cyberbullied on the internet and it didn't really seem like too many people were standing up against that and we figured maybe we could do something to help make a change and we've been working at it ever since. Awesome. I think that we need to promote that anti-cyberbullying message, which is, of course, one of my messages through hashtag race to speak up. During your Think Before You Type journey, where have you spoken about cyberbullying prevention and what was the response? So we started speaking at schools in the summer of 2013, um, and we did some schools in South Carolina. We had some connections down there. We were able to speak with middle school students as well as elementary school students. And one of the stories I always tell when we were starting with speaking at schools is that when we went to an elementary school, I believe we were speaking maybe to fourth or fifth graders and their principal heard about what we were doing and she was a little skeptical. She felt like, you know, maybe these kids were too young. These topics didn't really apply to them. They weren't on the internet. And that was kind of, you know, she would let us come in anyway, but didn't really feel like it really applied to her students. But I think she was pretty shocked the next day when we spoke with the students and they're raising their hands, they're getting involved in the conversation because they're online, they have access to these online tools. Their school is actually getting ready to give each of them laptops to have at home. And so they were very connected and very interested in the topics. And I think that was one of the things that reminded us how important advocacy is and kind of speaking up and educating people because even educators sometimes don't realize what their students are going through. And it's really important to start that conversation and kind of teach everyone from all levels, whether they're parents or their students, that these are issues that people deal with. And, and then it's important that we talk about them and, and we focus on improving them. And then um, kind of at the opposite end of the spectrum, I also had an opportunity to speak um, with a group of resident physicians at a program um, in Reading, Pennsylvania when I was a medical student. 
I had worked with their chair of their department and we talked about bullying and they were family medicine residents. So they see pediatric patients. And so one of the things we did was we put out a survey to the, actually to the residents and we talked with them about whether or not they felt comfortable with having these conversations with their patients and their patients' parents about things like cyberbullying and bullying. And a lot of them felt like they were willing to have a conversation, but they didn't necessarily have the knowledge uh, behind the conversation to be able to really help their patients. So I was able to actually give them a presentation and talk about cyberbullying and really tailored it to a more medical audience and was able to speak with them about ways that they can have everyday conversations with their patients and make a difference when it comes to things like cyberbullying. That's amazing. I know that educating the youth, especially at a young age, about cyberbullying is key to prevention. Can the two of you share an example of cyberbullying that you've seen online and you said enough is enough? Why don't we start with you, Victoria? What made you say enough is enough? So I just, I don't know if I remember the exact words that were said, but I remember when I was in high school, freshman in high school, um, I actually was attending cyber school at the time. And so I kind of a lot of time to spend on the internet. And I remember I was specifically on Twitter and I saw people kind of berating this one specific person and just kind of saying all these negative things to them again and again and again. And I saw the person post about how much it had affected them, but it didn't seem as if anyone had gone and asked them, are you okay? Like, how are you doing with all this? What can I do to help? Or even had gone and stepped to the side and talked to people who had been targeting that individual. And so kind of seeing that and seeing the lack of response from others, it really made me think, well, what could I do to step in and help? And not only as an individual, but in, to help encourage other people to also step in and stand up for what's right. I completely get the need to be a part of the positive change. What about you, Lauren? Same for me. I can't really, I don't even remember the specific instance. I just remember having seen it, I think in a lot of different ways online, most specifically on Twitter. And what started Think Before You Type was the fact that one night Victoria and I just sat down and talked about it. We talked about the negativity we were seeing. We talked about the impact that we saw it make on these individuals and how how hard it was for them to get through it. And so we kind of just decided we wanted to do something based off of just a bunch of different instances that we saw. I really do. I truly understand that. I mean, when it came to my cyberbullying story, that led me to starting hashtag race to speak up because I know that bullying in general affects so much of the youth. And at that time, it was really a wake up call. I knew that it wasn't only at that school, but it was all around the world. I know I've seen some awful posts online that have been disturbing and disgusting but that's why I will continue to help the youth. That's why we will continue to help and educate the youth. And that's another reason why it's important to have upstanders in the world. In the world. An upstander is someone who helps and stands up for the person being bullied. Why else do you think it's important to be an upstander? I think it's important to be an upstander because I think it says a lot about who you are as a person. I think especially when you're young, it's important to kind of build those types of character traits because life gets hard and like these are hard situations to begin with. But as you move along, I think those are skills that can be helpful in a lot of different environments. And I think there's times when, you know, you might be the one who needs someone to be an upstander for you. And I think when you set that example in an environment, I think it reminds people that that's an option. We don't always have to deal with things in the same way that everyone else does. Sometimes there's a more positive road to take. And I think just setting that example for those around you and for your future self, I think is really important. I completely agree. I feel like if 
one person is willing to stand up, it really can set the tone and encourage even more people to get involved, maybe not even in that one instance, but at least in future instances, and kind of build a better community and help people to really just stand up for each other with whatever they're going through. Yeah, I think that upstanders really get that the one being bullied doesn't have to go through that bullying, they shouldn't go through that bullying. How do we continue to get more people to think before they type? So I think one big thing in terms of cyberbullying prevention is education. Like I was saying with that, going back to that story where I was talking about the principal who didn't understand that her elementary school students may be involved in these kinds of situations. I think from the top down um, in all different levels, whether it's like through legislation or through healthcare or through schools, I think it's important that we just accept that this is this is our reality, that this is something that happens, and then refuse to accept that it has to continue. I think that's very important. And I think just having those conversations, having the hard conversations, I think understanding a little bit more about why things happen, doing things like researching, getting the data back, and being able to figure out who might be most vulnerable in these situations or what factors may impact people's involvement in these situations, I think is really important too. I think there's a lot of different angles and a lot of different ways that people can be involved in, in this anti-cyber movement. And I think people should use whatever their gifts and their talents are, whether it's once again, speaking up or writing a paper or having a conversation with one other individual. I think there's so many ways that each and every one of us can get involved in this and and try to make the world kinder and try to make the internet kinder. Very true. Very true, Lauren. What about you, Victoria? What are your hopes about cyberbullying prevention? I really think, I think I completely agree with the idea that education is where everything can begin. And that can be formal in like the classroom. For example, last year I was speaking to a group of students who are junior ROTC students and it was actually, they had cyberbullying as a part of their curriculum. And so I was able to go and speak with them when they were talking about it as a class already. Um, but it could also just be talking with a friend about it. It could be talking um, as a parent to, the, to your children about it. I think there are so many different ways that we can go about just bringing up the topic and making sure that we all understand the impacts that it can have on individuals and what we as individuals can do to prevent it. Um, And if we do see it, how we can be upstanders. I definitely agree. I think it really does start with the conversation and see how, what is everyone thinking and how can we come to a positive, real solution? You both have monthly dares. What are you asking people to do? So the idea behind our monthly dares, which to be honest, are not necessarily always monthly. (laughs) Unfortunately, we sometimes get really busy and don't always have as much time as we would like to to put them out. Um, But the idea behind them is just to get people to do something positive for those around them. And that could be in real life, for example, in school or with a neighbor, or it could be like sending a compliment to someone on the internet. Um, Just things like that, just little things that we can all do to kind of brighten the days of those around us and kind of lift each other up. Awesome. And speaking of brightening others' days, I see that you both post positive affirmations on social media, and I do the same. The reason why I do it is to promote kindness and put real put smiles on people's faces. What motivated you both to put positive affirmations on the thing before you type social media? Sometimes I post them because I need them myself. <laughs> like life can be really hard, and I think social media can be really draining. 
So having just like little glimpses of positivity or reality, I think can be really important. It takes, allows us to kind of take a moment and step back from whatever it is that's going on in our heads and kind of remind ourselves of some of the better parts of life. One of the ways that we do that is through something that we do called Music Monday, which once again, with how busy we are, isn't always every Monday, but it's an opportunity for us. We love music, so we get to involve music in our work and we find song lyrics or songs that really inspire us and help us on the difficult days. So a lot of times, once again, the motivation for all this is just that I I am a person living life and knowing that life gets hard sometimes. I think having the little pockets of positivity online can make all the difference some days. That's great. I mean, another way that I make myself feel better is by not only listening to music, but also writing poetry. I know that writing things out really helps get out of motion. I also know that you both have an interview channel on your website called Keep Your Head Up. Can you tell us about it? So the idea behind Keep Your Head Up actually started um, when the COVID-19 pandemic started and we were kind of thinking about how a lot of people have been feeling really isolated um, and we kind of wanted to find a way to get back into connecting with individuals one-on-one through our interviews, which we'd also been doing for years prior to that. Um, And the idea kind of behind it is to keep your head up and kind of spread positivity um, and just kind of learn more about other people and the ways that they encourage themselves and encourage those around them to spread positivity and to just kind of keep going on the day to day. Yeah. And we felt like, once again, like we were having a difficult time. This was kind of early pandemic that we, we came up with this idea and we realized we we're kind of doing the same things every day. We realized everyone was online so much. And once again, kind of like to talk, going back to talking about posting positive affirmations online, we realized that we needed a new wave of positivity through Think Before You Type. And this is kind of where the idea came from. So we got the idea for the name from the Tupac song. Uh, and so we kind of grabbed his lyrics and got that to help inspire us a little bit. And We were able to reach out to some people that we had already talked with before on prior interviews and then some new people as well. And one of our big questions for everyone was just kind of, what are you doing right now to keep your head up? And so that's a conversation we want to keep having with people because this day, this pandemic isn't over and there's so many difficult things going on in life. So I think figuring out how people are getting through the day-to-day things and what they're doing to keep themselves inspired and encouraged is really important. That's great. I really like that. I see that the pandemic has led you both to creating multiple different ways to have people create positive, um, positive positivity in their own worlds. But how else has the pandemic affected you both? I mean, I think because we're both in medicine, it's had kind of a lot of impacts on how we go about our lives. For example, for me, when the pandemic started, I was um, a first year medical student. And so I kind of had to, like a lot of students, shift everything to being online and kind of learn how to learn in a different way. So I think it's kind of helped me to be able to be even more adaptable than I already was, um, which is pretty important as a medical student. So I think it's been helpful and it's been interesting to see now that I'm in the clinical realm, um, the ways that it is impacting things in hospitals and how we as students go about our learning. Um, And I think it's also just in general helped me to become more resilient. Um, Yeah, I think there's so many things. I mean, obviously, a lot of things that have come through the pandemic have been hard, but I think that it has helped me and a lot of those around me to become stronger and better for it. I like that perspective. Um, So for me also, so I am 
I was in my fourth year of medical school when the pandemic started at the very end, um, was preparing to go into emergency medicine residency, which is what I'm doing right now. Um, and so I graduated medical school in the pandemic at home with my family. It was not the graduation that I pictured. And then very shortly after I moved to a new city by myself, um, and started emergency medicine residency in the middle of a pandemic, which was incredibly difficult. Um, and now that Victoria is saying that, I, I guess I do have to admit it had to make me more resilient or else I wouldn't have made it to this point so far. Um, but it's been difficult. It's been a really difficult time. Um, it's hard working kind of on the very, very front line in terms of being in the emergency department and, and seeing what's going on there and other areas in the hospital where I'm training as well and just seeing the impact that it has on individuals um, and the misinformation and a lot of the misunderstanding that's come along with this as well has been a little bit difficult to deal with and just I don't know just in the midst of all of it I'm definitely trying to keep my head up and figure out how I can have an impact um, on my patients lives on the lives of my coworkers, and everyone around me in the midst of everything going on. Wow what started both your interest in medicine? I think we both had kind of been dreaming about being doctors for a long time. We were in part inspired by a pediatrician that we had when we were younger. Um, we didn't come across a lot of doctors who looked like us, but thankfully for us, our first pediatrician was also a Black woman. And so I think that had a big impact on the way that we saw our futures. And we never really questioned that we could be doctors if we wanted to. Yeah, I think having that example was absolutely huge for us. And I just remember being, I was about five when I decided I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be like my pediatrician and my parents were incredibly encouraging and supportive and always told me that if that's what I wanted to do, then that's what I could do. And so we were able to get involved in things like hospital volunteer opportunities and just like kind of dig deep into medicine. And thankfully we both were able to attend medical school and help us help ourselves kind of get on this path toward our dream. I think I'm going to be a surgeon. I just finished one of my uh, surgery uh, rotations and I'm on my second one right now. Um, and that's kind of what I came into medical school thinking that I wanted to do. I think there are a lot of ways that you can positively impact people's lives as a surgeon. I'm someone who enjoys being in the OR and working with my hands, but also spending time talking with patients. So I think it's a good way to combine the things that I'm interested in um, and a really good way to kind of have good teamwork and work with others. Um, and also, I'm not going to lie, as we mentioned before, we love music and the idea of being able to play music while I do my work in the OR is kind of cool. I really like that. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> and I think I also want to make sure that I can find a way to combine my work with Think Before You Type with my future job as a surgeon. What's the most rewarding part of your journey? I think I'll say I love that I get to work with my sister and I think it's something that's brought us a lot closer together. Like we were already, already got along really well and everything, but this is an issue and something that we both feel really passionate about. And we've gotten some really incredible life experiences. Like we were just talking about, we get to experience them together. And it's something that I think always will bring us back to each other, which is awesome. And then, so I think that's one half of it. It's just like the family aspect that's involved in this. And I think the other thing is that kind of like you're saying, Devin, I don't think we expected when we started out to kind of have had having had the experiences that we've had or being able to speak in the rooms that we've been able to speak in. And so I think I'm just totally humbled and blown away that people all care to listen to what we have to say about this and that we've been able to make any kind of an impact at all is, is just nothing short of a miracle, I think. And I am still super passionate about this work. And we're, you know, we've been in, in this for quite a while now. And I'm just so excited that this is something that we get to do and, and that we get to do it together. 
And in addition to that, I think that every time that we hear from someone that something that we said or something that we posted kind of helped them through a difficult time, I think that's when it kind of brings us back to the moment when we started Think Before You Type. And that's what will always keep us going, knowing the fact that we can impact others' lives in a positive way really keeps us doing what we do and make sure that we're that we will always be passionate about it because there's always more lives that we can change through our work and i think knowing that and remembering that is really important to us and allows us to keep doing what we do how was your tlc give a little experience oh it, it was, was amazing. so much fun <laughs> it was amazing so we uh were the year that i think we were uh the were we one of the first years i can't remember but we were the I year that so. was it was in LA, which is awesome. I had never been to California before. Neither had Victoria, Victoria maybe had before, but it's my first time in California. And I have always wanted to go to LA and it was incredible. I was a second year medical student, I think. And I had like exams coming up and there was a lot going on, but I like made it work out so that my, my school thankfully was very helpful. Gave me uh, just enough time off. So I was like studying on the plane there, studying on the plane back. Um, but we had like a very quick trip, but we went to Santa Monica. It was beautiful. And then we went to the event, which was just incredible to hear everyone's stories and to be just in that room with these people who felt the same way that we did about very similar um, issues in the world. And just to be inspired by the stories, it was really just a, an incredible experience. I'm so happy that we were able to be a part of it. And I love that we still like feel like we're a part of the TLC family even to this day. I completely agree with everything that Lauren said. At the time, I was a junior in college, and so I was also really busy. I specifically remember leaving for the airport right after I took a physics exam. Um, but I, I think the experience that we had at the event was incredible. Meeting so many inspiring people in one room was like a really amazing feeling. And I feel like I gained a lot from being there and just kind of interacting with everyone who was there. Um, but of course, being in L.A. was lots of fun, too. I definitely agree with you both. I mean, I, as you both know, but I was in New York and it was just a really fun experience because not only was I spreading my message, but I was getting honored for my bullying prevention work. I will always love that um, TLC giveaway experience. I also know that you both, oh, really? No, Lauren is into reading books and Victoria's into um, learning different languages. So why don't I start with you, Lauren? What's your favorite book and your favorite author? Ooh, so I unfortunately have less time to read now than I ever have before in my life, just with being <laughs> in residency and being really busy. Um, but I love historical fiction. I think it's really cool to like involve like real historical facts with like really fun, interesting, dramatic stories. So I've always loved historical fiction. Um, and I have to, my favorite author, I'll have to throw back to my childhood. I love the Little House on the Prairie series. So um, Laura Ingalls Wilder is just my absolute like favorite author and always will be. <laughs> And what about you, Victoria? What languages do you, or what's your favorite language? My favorite language? So actually when I was a senior in high school, I spent the year uh, studying abroad in Indonesia. And so I would have to say Indonesian is my favorite language. It, I love to listen to Indonesian music. Um, I try to stay in contact when I can with my friends uh, who live in Indonesia. So I think that it's probably the language other than English that I spend the most time around. So I think I'd have to say it's my favorite language. Wow, that's, that's cool. How can people find you? Tell us your Instagram, social media, and your website address. So our website is thinkbeforeyoutypeinc.org. And then our Instagram is thinkbeforeyoutype. 
And then we're also think before you type on Facebook, which is pretty easy to find. And then you can find us on Twitter at power of words underscore. And we do also have an additional website where we post a lot of our blog posts and interviews. And that is tbytmedia.com. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. And thank you so much, Victoria, for the work that you're doing and sharing how you both race to speak up in the world. The work that you're doing is hugely important and it's necessary in order to create a positive change. Thank you all for listening. I hope to see you guys at the future Race to Speak Up podcast. If you have any questions about the Race to Speak Up podcast, feel free to contact me at race to speak up at gmail.com. Make sure to follow at Race to Speak Up on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for updates on future podcasts. Join the Humanity Rising movement. Humanity Rising offers scholarship opportunities for students making a difference in the world through service. Visit www.humanityrising.org for more information. Remember to ask yourself this question. How do you race to speak up?